college basketball fans what is going on i'm timmy hall he's evil bald colin evil it's good to talk to you we're going to reintroduce the fine folks to the college basketball season on this podcast it's not just reintroducing them. It kind of feels like we're reintroducing ourselves because it's such a law and a layoff over the holiday break that it feels like you got to kind of remember what you have with a lot of these teams. But it's, uh, yeah, conference play. We got a little taste of it a couple of weeks ago, but it's, it's going to come hot and heavy here starting in January. Episode 76 of Mad About Hoops. We're going to take you around a bunch of different things. We've got, you know, a bunch of, you know, interesting teams cramming the top 10 of the latest AP poll. We know, of course, that we've got the Purdue Boilermakers manning the top spot. Evil, one of your favorite basketball programs that you have no reason to be a fan of, is sitting there in the number two spot. Those Yukon Huskies, they might be in our Mad About Hoops road trip meter at the end of the podcast here. There, there might be a, a chance to catch them again coming up this weekend. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I like them because they're really good. and They've got a lot of talent. Hurley's done a great job with that team. Uh, prior, earlier in this week, they got a pretty stiff test from a, a Villanova team that's, wow, they're seven and six at the time of that loss. I mean, they were really coming on and playing some teams tough, and they've got some really good young talent. But yeah, UConn's the class of that, that conference, and I expect them to walk through it. Well, we are, of course, going to get a mid-major flavor from our guy, Evil Bald Colin. We will get everybody caught up to speed or brought up to speed on our Buckeye basketball team and where they sit going into a New Year's Day game against Northwestern. As you mentioned there, it's going to be conference play all the time. One more by game left on the docket. We're recording this before the Buckeyes played Alabama A&M. We're just going to assume that everything went right in that one, although uh, that's extremely dangerous to do. But Bryce Sensabaugh, he is making some headlines once again, and we'll get into all of this coming up here. You guys are locked in to episode 76 of Mad About Hoops. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He hit it! He hit it! He hit it! He hit it just inside of half court! Lane's on the other wing. Oh! 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 Sent it in, Jerome! And what a time it is, the last podcast of 2022. We've got a lot to get into. Like we said there in the open, we'll get you completely up to speed on the major players in the sport right now. If you had kind of checked out for some meaningless ball games, or maybe your attention is just towards the college football playoff, because those are pretty darn meaningful. And if you're listening to us on the fan, we are in a game day, so it is pretty pretty darn exciting that you got the Buckeyes in Georgia. Evil is actually in Atlanta right now. How is Atlanta? Even though as we're recording, you're not there yet, but as we're playing back this podcast, you are stuffing yourself with Chick-fil-A sandwiches, ready to head out to a stadium today. Uh, it's slightly warmer. It's the morning, <laughs> so it's kind of the calm before the storm. We'll probably head over about mid-afternoon. Um, get We've already set up at the stadium at that point, so it's now, just getting uh, antiquated with the uh, facility and knowing where you need to go. And 
I've heard it's a very big play, so hopefully I don't get lost in there. Yeah, all of our listeners now uh, being simulcast on Saturday mornings on 97.1 The Fan. Pretty darn awesome. Pretty cool. So the top five teams in college basketball right now, you've got Purdue, the Boilermakers. They've been manning that spot for a few weeks right now. Pretty doggone impressive where they are considering the roster turnover. No more Jaden Ivey, but a ton of talented freshmen. And, of course, you've got Zach Eady just continuing to dominate, even though he missed a game. Should be good. UConn, Houston, Kansas, and Arizona. And then some of these teams in between 6 and 15 are quite interesting as well. I mean, you got Texas and Tennessee there, Alabama, Arkansas, and the Zags rounding out the top 10. Then UCLA, Baylor, Virginia, Miami, and Wisconsin round out that top 15. Any team their evil stick out to you for any particular reason. I, I know Miami is at its highest spot in maybe four or five years right now. So interesting when you see uh, Larinaga and the Hurricanes up there doing some good stuff. Yeah, so Arkansas is going to move down. I know they have some issues with injuries. Uh, Trevon Brazil tore his ACL earlier in the season, and I know Nick Smith is out with a knee injury right now. They're saying out indefinitely. So that's going to put a little bit of a a wrench in the season right now for Arkansas in terms of building their resume. And I know they've lost another game here. Uh, I, I think they're going to be okay, but they might not be the top 10 team the entire course of the season that we expected them to be. And quite honestly, what is Texas going to be now that we know that beard might come back? What, what's going to happen there? Um, I don't think they're the number six team in the country. I think they're a pretty decent team. But I think a team like Illinois kind of showed their weaknesses and they can be taken advantage of in the post. So if they face a team like, honestly, Gonzaga would be a perfect match for them. Um, Gonzaga with Drew Timmy and Anton Watson. I think that's a team that matches up with the skill of Texas. And that's mm-hmm. that's why I feel like they're maybe not better than them, but they have a better resume right now. That's why they're at number six versus number 10. Well, I'll just go there right now because you mentioned Arkansas and, and you took us down to SEC country. Of course, as we're in a football mode here, it's the big time. I do, do want to say real quick. Yeah, go I ahead. said that I said that about between Texas and Gonzaga and Texas won that game by 19 points, like the second game of the year. So while that, that result is sitting <laughs> yeah. there, I think the style that Gonzaga plays could give Texas some problems over the course of the season. But yes, they do have on the resume. Texas has that win. Yeah, so so going to the SEC, I, I wouldn't necessarily call these guys non-traditionals. Clearly, the one that you know, you, when you mentioned Arkansas and the last game there, this is clearly a football school. I mean, Ben Simmons didn't even really do these guys any favors in the year that he spent down at LSU, and they had a little bit of a syndrome that lingered with their head coach in that situation. But how about the Tigers, man? The the two teams that are at the top of the SEC that are almost undoubtedly going to crack the polls here. You've got LSU 1 and 0 in SEC play with that win over Arkansas. That's a heck of a way to start, right? 12 and 1, and then Missouri also at 12 and 1, 1 and 0. So, I mean, give it up for both those programs, especially, you know, the tig- they're both Tigers, right? You got the two Tigers. But Missouri coached by Dennis Gates who got the job leaving Cleveland State from within our boundaries. Yeah, I, I've been kind of impressed with, especially that game against Illinois. Like they took it to them, and that, and they lost a, a bunch of guys in the offseason to the transfer portal. Like I, I'm very impressed with what they've been doing. Um, in terms of the SEC, like you said, LSU is playing really well. They've got a nice little squad down there. 
I'm curious to see if Tennessee is steady now. Uh, they've won a couple of good games here. They lost a real stinker earlier in the year to Colorado, I believe, which was just, it was very uncharacteristic of them. Uh, yeah, they lost the second game of the year by 12 points to Colorado, who lost to a SWAC team. Like, it's just, uh, I think oh, we're getting to swack. that. I think we're getting to that point in the year where we can tar- start to take out some outliers in the, in the schedule for a lot of these teams. And I, I think the Colorado loss is an outlier for this Tennessee team. They've come back and are playing great defense. Go figure. They've held their past two teams that they played to 59 and 44 points. Like that's what you're going to expect with a Rick Barnes team down there. It's, it's going to be a really competitive sec. I, I think you're making a mistake if you're expecting Kentucky to be the team that just runs through this. And how about it too, as I moved to the big 10 here for a couple of minutes, Colin, when you look at the the bookends here for the top 15. You've got Purdue all the way up there at the top, number one in the country. And then Greg Gard and the Wisconsin Badgers. We never really seem to let Badger basketball dominate the discussion, but I mean, almost like their football program, right? They kind of hide in the weeds there. You respect them. You trust that they're always going to give you a fight. And then before you know it, they might wind up being ranked in the top 10. And, and here you are with their basketball team ranked 15th there again, like losing a guy as talented as Jordan Davis last year. And they just continue to, to roll over that roster and their system you made works. The, you made the name. And here they are. You, you made the name mistake. It's uh Johnny Davis. Is the Johnny one Davis. His twin Jordan. Still with the team. I, I had to do it right. Johnny. I'm sorry, man. You're too, you're too good for me to do that. <laughs> Too damn good of a player for me to do that, but I, I went and did it anyway. I mean, how about that too? With as good as the the Murray brothers were are for Iowa and Chris, did I just which one left Iowa now? I'm thinking Keegan Chris Murray, Murray left. He, see, I did it again. Keegan Murray left Iowa. He's too good for me to do that too. <laughs> but Wisconsin being 15th, second uh, Big Ten team in the top 15, and Indiana is look. Indiana's right there at 16th, but. Anyway, you know, to see the Badgers up there, I think it says something about the state of Big Ten basketball right now. They haven't really found their footing. A lot of these teams and Michigan State and Michigan having some issues, you know, taking it on the chin a little bit so far this year. Yeah, this isn't this hasn't been one of your offensive uh, scoring teams in terms of Wisconsin. I mean, they won a game against Dayton 43, 42 down there. And uh, I think that was Atlantis they played in. Uh, but yeah, they're strong on defense. They're top 20 in Ken Palm on defense, but they don't really score a whole lot. Like, I mean, they have Tyler wall who stayed there. He's averaging 14.5 points per game. But outside of that, you've got Chucky Hepburn and also the uh, freshman Connor Asegian, who's been really good. He's averaging about 10.6 points per game. And it's been a really good threat for them off the bench. They're just, they've got a solid core of like four guys that are going to score for them consistently night in and night out double digits. And then outside of that, they're really just kind of begging for what they can get from their bench. But really, they just lock you down on defense. All right. We are so glad that you guys are spending some time here with us this morning. We'll have a quick pause. I want to mention another Big Ten team here to Evil that no, I mean, nobody ever really talks about, but they're looking pretty darn good right now. And it's weird considering some of the guys that have left them. He mentioned the update to the Texas situation with Chris Beard. We'll give you the headline this week on that and a breakdown. A lot more coming up. You guys have episode 76 of Mad About Hoops. All right, rolling right along here. Episode 76 of Mad About Hoops. If you are a college basketball lover, 
you obviously have come to the right place and we we appreciate all our longtime podcast listeners as well as some of the new listeners that might be checking us out as we're being doubled up mornings saturday mornings on the fan and of course it's a really really big college football saturday here and we're hoping that we don't switch the page completely to college basketball after today we want to keep this thing going I can pay attention to two sports evil. I'm good like that. I can handle it. I can too, but it's, I, I do notice um, the day after actually. So you're hearing this on the Saturday, a huge, huge game. If you are noticing what's happening in the big 10 uh, between Ohio state and Northwestern is going to be coming up here. And I honestly can't wait to see how that turns out because that's, that's a real game for Ohio state. And this is a team that's really getting slept on, I think, nationally. But Collins' team here is actually really impressive if you, if you look up and down the roster. Yes. So you, you took it right from me there, Evil. I, I think you could – look, you, you knew where we were going because you've got the rundown for the <laughs> podcast. But I think everybody else kind of figured that out too that's paid attention to Big Ten basketball. This is one of the weirder things in college hoops this year. The fact that and, – and realize this too – Northwestern, they beat Michigan State, mentioned the Spartans, taking four losses so far back there. The Wildcats are 9-2 and two overall, 1-0 and oh in the Big Ten, sitting in third place right now. And they have lost not one, but two players in the transfer portal to Blue Bloods. And wouldn't you know it, Ohio State has taken the full force of both of those guys, Pete Nance, pretty much hit a game winner with that rise and fire in the last second over Bryce Sensabaugh was providing the defense. And then Ryan Young just looks like this tailor-made Duke bench player who had a great game in the Blue Devils win over the Buckeyes. How do you explain that, Evil? I mean, Northwestern Hoops has always struggled. They made one tournament run since Collins, who has been there. And as you said it, I really respect that guy as a head coach and what he can do. I mean, being a bench guy for Coach K for all those years. But how do you lose two talents like that and possibly elevate your level of play? I think they're core guys that were still staying there, kind of took the next step. I mean, we've known these names before. Chase Adish, Boo Booey. Uh, Robbie Bear has been a good uh, secondary post guy, and he's now averaging double digits. Yeah. Ty Berry stepped up his play. He was about a mid-single-digits mid, mid guy. He's now up to nine points per game. Uh, they're getting some pretty good help from their bench. They just had a lot of really good young talent that's developed over the years, and they just kind of lost some of their upperclassmen, to be honest with you. I mean, outside of Bowie, Nadij, and Barron, it's kind of a young team. Uh, but the, they're, they're getting great quality, quality production night in and night out from those top four guys. And looking at their, their schedule, it's not really impressive. I mean, Liberty's got a good player. They beat them by 14. A one-point loss to Auburn, who I think is a little overrated. And uh, a blowout loss to Pitt. That's probably the only real head scratcher out of that mix. But I just, I just really don't understand. It is, it is. It's a big head scratcher, and I think that one just screams. You know, you kind of shrug your shoulders and say, "Yeah, it's college basketball, right?" You, you really can't have much of an explanation. Guys are tired. Could have been the travel schedule. Uh, I, I refer back. I refer maybe. back to the Colorado loss for Tennessee. Like Tennessee's winning that game about eight, nine times out of ten. Right. And that was the second game of the season in that case, too. This one's kind of you've had six or seven games under your belt. You started off, you know, what they start off five and oh, Northwestern. And then they had the tight loss to Auburn and then they rolled that right into pit. So maybe there was a little thing there where they're a little bummed out that they didn't get a um, because 
whether you say whether you have Auburn underrated or not, Auburn basketball has been pretty damn good on the college basketball block for three years running out. Oh since yeah. Bruce they've been, they've been consistent. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's a major move. If you're Northwestern, you see what I'm saying? So you lose that one by one point. You're in the last possession. And maybe that had a little of a negative carryover to that pit game and why it went that way. But I mean, it's going to get real here fast for them. So they've got, uh, they're going to play as of this recording, they're playing Brown. So they'll probably win that game pretty easily. And if you're hearing this at this point, I'll say they won pretty easily. Um, and then come back, <laughs> careful, that, that, might come back that, might, that might come back to bite me, but no, they're big tens. They start with Ohio state on new year's day. They go at home versus Illinois on the road to Indiana versus Rutgers at Michigan at Iowa versus Wisconsin. Like it turns up really fast and it doesn't let off until about the end of January. So it, we're going to find out what, who they are in about a month. Yeah, it's it's really interesting what's going on with the Wildcats this year. But that being said, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Buckeyes and just where we are with, with Ohio State right now in the next segment and look at a little bracketology stuff, you have to beat Northwestern. That's still the thing. It doesn't really matter you know, where Northwestern goes. Until we see Northwestern in the top 10, they will still be that team where it doesn't matter if you're playing them on the road or especially at home, your fan base is pretty much going to demand a victory against those guys. So New Year's this, Day, this is a quad one done. This is a quad one game for Ohio State. Big chance, big opportunity. I, like they're 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 top fifty in Ken Palm. I, I believe in the net they'll be even higher, possibly. But yeah, this is a quad one opportunity. I mean, you can't pass up these, especially because you've kind of blown honestly the other opportunities you've had so far this year. Uh, outside of, I don't know if Texas Tech still counts, but they were kind of on, on the border. You got to start adding some of these quad one wins to your resume. I mean, forget about everything I just said. Pitt just beat them by 30 points. You got to go there. You got to go to Welsh Ryan Arena and get the job done. It's, it's that simple. So here's the latest headline as we switch gears to Texas basketball. And evil, if you're like me, and I, I pretty much know that you are, this was a head scratcher. And this one, this made me almost more uneasy about what's going on. And that's crazy considering we were dealing with a, a felony charge and an arrest for domestic violence. So the fiance of Texas's coach, Chris Beard claimed this year, evil basically did a full retraction of what was even in the police report about Chris Beard strangling me, putting his hands around my neck. She took it back. She said that Chris acted in self-defense and did not strangle me. She basically did that thing where she said, oh, I pushed his buttons and it was partially my fault for causing a physical altercation. Very uncomfortable turn that this takes because we know how difficult of a subject this is with women who have been victims here being brave enough to come out and make an accusation when really the hard evidence of it is only going to be if they, you know, have physical injuries and there's no video or audio recordings of anything that happened. And it was just two people in the home. This one for me is weird. And I don't know how Texas takes all this in and moves forward. What about you? Yeah, it's very weird. I, I do know in the report, it did say that it was real. What Beard did was retaliation, which lines up with what was in the report. But at the same time, like what was being alleged isn't okay, no matter if it's retaliation well, I mean, or not. I mean, if you push me in the chest or something like that, 
do I have a right to, you know, break your jaw six different places? No, no. It's, like it's, you, you got to ask questions like that. You know, it's like, what? Come on. Like, what are we talking about? You know, use common sense. Yes. It's uh, I don't know. It seems weird. I, I, I can't dive into the motives between retracting the statement or whether it's true or whether how how to even look at it. But I, I just hope Texas takes all the information, doesn't just go by one piece or takes everything in the line of uh, the situation and kind of pile it all together and make a decision. But I just hope they don't rush back into it. Take some time, really, really dive into this and don't just say, okay, because of the retraction, let's get back into this and let's keep the season going. Yeah, she said, Chris and I are deeply saddened that we have brought negative attention upon our family, friends, and the University of Texas, among others. As Chris's fiance and biggest supporter, I apologize for the role I played in this unfortunate event. I realize my frustration when breaking his glasses, that was a thing here, initiated a physical struggle between Chris and myself. Chris did not strangle me, and I told that to law enforcement that evening, and it went on and on there. I just, it's hard to understand, you know, why this happened if, you know, Chris didn't deserve to be detained and arrested that night, you know? That's, that's the thing, you know, you are, I, I can't really, I can't speak from experience because no. thankfully I'm the kind of guy that's not going to get involved in a domestic dispute, but this is weird, and everything that you just said echo it. I don't know how long this this is going to be before Texas comes to a resolution, or if the guy still doesn't deserve to be out because of his role in this. That's uh, I just think it's it's your responsibility as a man, right, to walk away, just do do whatever is necessary, no matter what the situation is. You cannot you cannot you cannot get physical with a woman unless she's coming at you with a gun or a knife with intent to kill you. It's just. It's very strange, man. But Texas basketball, I mean, if as yeah. long as he's going to be gone, they're a good team, man. Like, they're a good roster. Like, leaving that aside, I, I feel for the basketball players that are in the midst and off to a good start for potentially a special season, and they got to deal with this nonsense that their head coaches put them in. Yeah, I mean, we noticed right away they struggled a little bit with the, that game against Rice immediately, like, like the day after the night of that incident happened. And they played some soft soft games since then. And their Big 12 schedule is going to start to turn up here. But I'm just kind of curious to see how they respond with him away. Like playing against Rice, who's an okay mid-major, it's not the same as going on the road against Oklahoma here coming up or uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, who's a really good top 15 team. Like, how are they going to respond when the schedule gets tough and their main guy's not there? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't know. It could go either way. They could either rally around their team or they could struggle, string together a couple of losses and things really start to fall apart. All right, guys, don't go anywhere. You are listening to episode 76 of Mad About Hoops. Full breakdown of this Buckeye basketball team at this point in the season coming right up. All right, we are back to Big Ten play coming up with, uh, like we mentioned, New Year's Day, Ohio State. On the road at mm. Northwestern. Can't wait for that matchup. They then later on in the week have a huge home game against Purdue. So you're mm. getting off fast and furious 
in the Big Ten play in the new year for the Buckeyes. And and by the way, evil, be listening to our local show, my regular gig, the Buckeye Show, because we still have a couple more pairs, I believe, of tickets to a sweet night watch party for the Ohio State Purdue game. How cool is that? I don't remember us ever getting a sweet night for the fine folks to Buckeye men's basketball. We've gone to some games, but this is another notch and we could be getting the number one team in the nation next week. I don't remember getting an invite. (laughs) I don't remember getting one either. No, I I did actually, I got the invite, but you know me, I can only go to basically the first half because I've got responsibilities to do the post game show. So I'll, I'll have to pull some strings and make sure that we can get you over there. You you've got a credential. So that's all right. I'll eat. I'll eat my little uh, individual pizza over the corner. <laughs> no, man, we're gonna we're gonna work it out. They gotta see, they gotta see half the star of the show uh, from Mad About Hoops. So we'll make sure you're in there. But yeah, tell me uh, when you look up and down at this Ohio State roster right now with the games coming up. Where do you think they're at? I mean, unranked. Uh, we'll give you where they stand with the bracketology here momentarily. But just your thoughts on this squad? Yeah, in terms of the ranking stuff, I think it's a little brutal. I mean, yeah they haven't taken full advantage of their opportunities in a non-conference. I totally get that, but this is still, you look at the team and the roster, it's a top 25 roster. Like I, I'm not going to dispute that. No, I believe they'll show that in big 10 play. Uh, it's going to be interesting to start. Like we said, Northwestern and, and Purdue is a very fascinating start to big 10 play, but it's kind of an underrated one too, because that, that, Playing on the road at Northwestern always is, seems to be a little uh, like a boogeyman location for Ohio State, at, at least in recent memory. It's been a tough spot to play. And then, of course, Purdue is a really good team, and it should be number one coming into Columbus. Uh, they, I, I think they match up really well with the early schedule. I, I think they can win at Maryland. They'll host Minnesota. They'll go to Nebraska, Iowa at home. I think this is not a situation where, you know, the uh, the narrative has been January is where they kind of struggle. I don't really see it with the schedule. I think they can do really well for themselves in the stretch. You know, you actually missed a road game at Rutgers too. So when you kick back up, that'll be tough. Northwestern, be yeah, tough. <laughs> you've got four of the next six Big Ten games are on the road. Four of the next six. So you pretty much, you had the nice game against Rutgers where you're able to win on a Tanner Holden, you know, darn near half court buzzer beater. Your but now is, this gets your, tough. Your reward is five of the final eight at home now. Of course. And that's nice how that stacks up. You got to get them back somewhere. If you go through a stretch like this, you know, there's going to be some home games to follow, but still it has to be said playing on the road in the big 10 is always tough. And again, this doesn't even, I don't even want to get into the, to the conference discussion right now in this segment, it doesn't matter really where your conference ranks. If we're talking about the big dog conferences, right? The sec is, we probably would need to have a discussion about the sec because we just mentioned some of their squads in the top of the show doing pretty well. But if it's ACC play, big East play, PAC 12 play, big 12 play conference play just matters more. Everybody knows each other. You're a little bit more familiar, even in today's college basketball with the transfer portal, you're likely getting to know some of these guys over a, you know, one, two and three year period. The, the play is just ramped up. And then we sort all that other stuff about which conference was the best. Once the tournament is done. Yeah. I, I personally just hope they go. Is it 20 games, at least 12 and eight. That would be my hope. 
I hope so too. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope at least twelve and eight in Big Ten play. It's it's a tough schedule, man. I mean, you got you got road games, road only for Indiana, Michigan. Uh, you do you do go to Purdue. You go the same week, like three days apart. You go to Iowa to Purdue. Like it is very difficult what they what they're going to go through. Um, I, I, I think 12 and eight is kind of the baseline, but I, I think they can do better than that. But you said it, man, uh, forget about what everybody else is. It, it's time to start focusing on what you are, you know, like it's time to start focusing on Zed key. Is he going to continue to take those steps to be that solid starting five that you need him to be by five? You know what I mean? I mean, the center, I mean the, the big, and you know, you take a look at Ohio state's starting five in general, You've got Bruce Thornton leading the way as a point guard, and I really have loved what I've seen from him. I'm ready to move past the turnovers that he had against North Carolina. You almost have to have a game like that that you can learn from when you're a young player like him, but there's just so much good that you see blending in the four true freshmen that are getting big minutes with the guys that are already here on this roster. Oh, yeah, it's a huge step up. I mean, he's averaging double digits. Your your entire starting five uh, without likely, if you put in sensible, your entire starting five almost averages double digits. Like that's, that's insane. And they've had pretty good bench production when you've had sensible move to the bench. So it's been actually pretty even in, in terms of both scoring formats for both the starters and the bench and your production off of it. But it just feels like in big 10 play, you tend to shrink your lineup and you tend to shrink your rotations, but I still feel like it's going to be hard for him not to go like nine deep, eight, nine deep. And you know what? A couple of guys, well, one guy you mentioned and one guy you didn't that needs to be talked about a little bit more for this team is how they've missed a really important player that started from them day one. And he's a captain, for God's sakes. Isaac Likely and the personal issues that he's been going through that's kept him away from his team. And at the time that we're recording this, guys, like we, the Alabama AM game hadn't happened. And we're not sure if he was back for that one. It was still mum from Ohio State. And I think Chris Holtman, whenever he addresses these situations, he plays it the right way. Like, I think, you know, where we are in 2022, he dealt with a situation with DJ Carton. We know a few years back, who was a star player. You kind of have to pull back off the reins a little bit and let the player be with family. If he needs to let him decide when he's ready to come back. And, you know, aside from ice, how about Eugene Brown starting to get a little bit healthier and closing in on his yeah, return? That's big. Possibly already that- had it. That's big, especially for defense against bigger guards and forwards, because it's, you know, it's the, it's the worst kept secret. They're 77th in Ken Palm and defensive efficiency. It's just, it's not good enough. And he provides something, especially near the pain. I, I've heard Holtman refer to the block he had against Nebraska in that tough game last year uh, on the road, where it's just, it's such a key part of his game that the, they're really missing. And I think it's going to prove dividends once he comes back to guard those bigger guys. Before I hit the bracketology report here and where Ohio State is, how about the fact that Bryce, I know awards or whatever, but with just singular games to see Bryce Sensabaugh get the freshman of the week nod, it certainly is uh, letting that Malachi Branham one and done fear rise in the bellies of Buckeye fans everywhere. Who cares? You know, you can't really worry about the future right now. What's going to happen is going to happen. I'd rather this guy be a great player for this Ohio state team than not. So I don't know. Do you think Bryce with what he's done on the offensive end? Because I kind of do, I see just the body type that he is. 
how he's physical and muscular, and he's going to start to hit the glass a little bit better like we've seen him. And I think he's going to have better defense to give. I think he knows that as a man, that to be a complete, trusted, respected basketball player, that's got to pick up for him. I think we're going to see that the second half of the season. I think the ability and the body to do it is that you're absolutely right. He's got it. It's just whether he can, you know, commit to it and give the same amount that he gives on offense to defense. I, I think a lot of guys deal with that, but it seems to kind of show it a little bit more on like maybe a, a rebound here or there or a box out or a closeout. It's every guy deals with it. Some just deal with it more than others. And I think that's normal, but I mean, the guy's averaging 15 points in 21 minutes. Like that efficiency on offense is too hard to ignore. And it's too hard to keep that guy off the court. All right. So I'm looking at bracketology. And if you didn't know the Lenard dog, Joe Lenardi, who's just made a, a second career doing this for what seems like 20 years or so for ESPN, he is going to update twice a week now. And, you know, my, on that note, I always seem to give Lenardi some some trouble because when we get into March, that's when I demand the daily updates. You know, I, you need daily updates as soon as it hits March 1st and we are in the month that consumes college basketball. It's March Madness, baby. It's important what this podcast is named after. You've got to be giving me daily updates, sometimes three and four times a night, like the second games go final that can sway seed lines. You'll be on top of that. So, well, that's what he does when he does the, uh, the bracket bunker or whatever it is, where he like checks in on a random game and uh, like tournament time and kind of breaks down. Oh, this might be a seed line loss here. They got to pull it back in here. Well, and that's good, but I just need to, I need us to make sure that we're never missing a day when we get into the month of March and two times he a week here. That's doesn't. fine. But, well, I've seen it before and it, it there's nothing more frustrating, but <laughs> Ohio State right now is a six seed. He's got him playing in Des Moines, right? We know that we've got great action coming up here in Columbus, Ohio. So that's going to be phenomenal when it gets here. Nothing better than first and second round action in the NCAA tournament. Even if you don't have a dog in the fight, just get some tickets, go on out there and enjoy 12 hours of basketball. But a fine city that you have frequented, the Buckeyes would be playing the 11 seed Charleston feeding into an Arkansas Southern Mississippi 314. I actually kind of like that if I was Ohio State and I got that draw right now. I, I don't want to acknowledge the Fox Sports one that has Ohio State playing Dayton in the first round. I don't need that toxicity again. That's uh, that's a little bit too much for me. But Charleston's a good team. They played North Carolina semi-tough. Uh, but outside of that, they really haven't. Uh, they did beat uh, Virginia Tech. But outside of that, they haven't had a tough, tough schedule. So it's hard to really know what you're getting with this team, but they're, they're one of those mid majors. That's probably going to win close to 30 games at this rate. And they'll have the talent really to kind of scare you. It, a six 11 is always kind of scary, but looking at the other 11s, he's got matched up right now, to be honest, I'd rather play a Charleston and a, a Utah state team. That was pretty hot or Penn state and Jalen Pickett, which they're not going to put big 10 teams together, but those are the type of teams sitting on the 11 line right now. All right. Beautiful stuff, man. We got one more thing or a couple more things to get done. Some staples of the pod. We've got evils mid-major flavor, and we'll also check our mad about hoops road trip meter, which might send you back down to the queen city one more time. And we'll tell you why you guys have got episode 76 of mad about hoops. All right, final segment of episode 76 coming at you right here. We go to one of my favorites, 
we got to pay attention to the little guys. We love the little guys. And sometimes, Colin, the little guys become big guys because that's the way college basketball is right now. We talk on and on about the Missouri Valley, right? And how Loyola even, they elevated. They, they rose to a new station. They were too good for the Missouri Valley, so they moved on. But who are we looking at when we talk about our mid-major flavor for this week? It's so funny you say that because you can refer to going from the small guy to the big guy with the team, but you can also say that with a single player. And we saw that cl- clearly here. Uh, we suffered that pain a couple of years ago, but Max Haysmith and his Oral Roberts University uh, Golden Eagles are a really tough team. They're 75th in Kempom. Yes, 75th in Kempom. That's not bad. They are, they are a really good offensive team. Again, go figure. They're 19th in offensive efficiency, but they're really bad on defense, 183. Uh, they have a game coming up. I believe they scheduled a game with Liberty. I think uh, that kind of news came out the week of this week, and that's going to be a nice little one to add to their resume. They haven't played or no, I'm sorry. They already beat Liberty. They're supposed to play another team. I they had one, one postponed, the, I think, with weather with uh, South Dakota. The, I think it's the, one of the New Mexico schools, but don't hold me to it. But yes, they've already beaten Liberty. Um they got blown out by Houston, so don't put that into any consideration. But, yeah, they played Utah State and St. Mary's really close. But the, really the reason why I wanted to bring them up, because they are in Joe Lunardi's bracketology, they are a 13 seed this time, and they are going to play the Duke Blue Devils in this situation. And I think that would be just great to watch them try to run around and chase Max Smith around. And, man, I, I would feel mm. very tempted to putting Oral Roberts through that game just because I know Duke isn't very efficient in terms of their deep shooting. And when it comes to upsets in a tournament, you want to target teams that aren't very good from outside the three-point line. And that's a team you would target. Let me just say this. I cannot believe that Max Asmus is still an Oral Roberts Golden Eagle. I am floored. How did that guy not hit the transfer portal? Oh, credit there were so to many programs. staying put. There were so many programs that went after him, but he just, I don't know if it was a sense of loyalty or whatnot, but he just felt compelled to stay there. Whatever it is. I mean, he's an example of how not everybody is looking at this NIL era, this transfer portal era, the exact same way. I mean, I think it's something that if I was an advisor and, and, and you know me, I'm completely pro player. I think you should have the opportunity to move. You should pretty much have the opportunity to move as many times as you want. And then you should have to deal with the consequences. I wouldn't recommend it. I forget which quarterback we, w- we were just talking about recently that's transferring for the fourth time, maybe in four years. And probably I, uh, is it either was it the JT pit QB? Daniels? Yeah, JT I think Daniels JT Daniels. From, yeah, wouldn't recommend it, you know, but he should have the opportunity to do it because it's his life. But I don't know how that's going to go for you, man. Max Asmus still averaging 19 points a game and join his time with Oral Roberts. It's it's really kind of cool to see, uh, to be honest with you. But that, like you said, there are a lot of teams that would have used that young man's services. Yeah, he would have been perfect. But he's, again, he's going to be in a situation where if they win the summit, they're going to be another dangerous team that's going to face it. If they face a team that can't shoot well from the three and they do in terms of Oral Roberts, that's a perfect recipe for another upset bit. You know, I'm, I feel bad because you're pretty much the easiest guy in the world to Christmas shop for. You just have to pick a completely random college basketball program that has a cool looking logo or a story behind it. That would and work. Yeah, you could just leave that on, on evil's desk. Maybe a late one will be coming your way because I can certainly see you and I'll I'll fall out of my chair if you already have a shirt from these guys. 
I thought of you when the game got canceled between the Vermont Catamounts and mm. Miami. Miami's fine. The weather's good there, but travel issues. We saw this with the Blue Jackets and the Buffalo Sabres couldn't get to Columbus. Vermont could not get down to Miami for the game, so it got canceled. And unfortunately, to look and see, they're not too good. They're they're six and eight, but I I would still think of Vermont when they really get into America East play. Would not be surprising if they just kind of got on a roll and did their usual thing where they wind up near or at the top of that league when it's all said and done. UMass Lowell is a 12 and two team in the America East standings. I know the Buckeyes have faced them here in the past uh, year, couple year or two. I mean, this Vermont schedule is kind of brutal if you're being honest with yourself. So they played at St. Mary's, which is a tough game. They played at USC uh, versus uh, Rick Patino's Iona Gales at Yale and then Long Beach State they lost to was another team that won their conference last year. Like this is this is a pretty tough non-conference schedule. So yes, I completely agree with you. This could this could be a team that's different in conference play, and that's really all that matters. Some of these conferences, like the America East, like it, all it really depends on is how you show up come, come conference play. Yeah, and one more thing to do here as I turn the page to the Mad About Hoops road trip meter. This, as we've said, if. You're putting the Buckeyes aside. And obviously we know this weekend's kind of different because there is a glorious football game. We're in a college football playoff and that is paramount. And that should be at the top of everybody's to-do list, but we're just going to humor you with this one. We go back down to the queen city. All right. And look no further than the Xavier Musketeers. They now are taking on UConn. You had a chance recently to catch one of the most classic venues in college basketball and UConn and Fad Mata in that Butler game. And UConn destroyed them, by the way. But how about UConn taking on Xavier? I tell you what, I got a glimpse, another glimpse of the Musketeers on, what was that, Thursday night when they played the Johnnies. Talk about a bucket list, too, for a traveler. Carneseca Arena right in the heart of Queens, right there in Jamaica, New York, east of the city where the Johnnies play. Xavier and Sean Miller went into there and they took they took on a big second half run from Mike Anderson's club. They got the win. Sean Miller, NCAA issues aside, what a joke that he wasn't implicated at all in that Arizona stuff. And there was a story about how he actually met up with one of his former assistants that was hit with the 10 year show cause penalty book Richardson. They actually hadn't spoken in five years and book went out to that game and they ended their silence. Wanted to just put it behind him and start a new chapter. So that was kind of cool. But Sean Miller, he is one of the best coaches in America. I don't care what happened with the scandal when the game starts and it's just coaches on both sides of the bench. There's not a lot of guys that you would want ahead of him i completely agree and he's going to recruit really well in that conference especially in a, in a conference that kind of struggles with a lot of smaller teams in terms of bringing in talent i think he's got the advantage where he can bring in better teams in most programs and he's probably going to be competing with villanova and yukon year in and year out for con uh, conference recruiting titles too so it's it's a great opportunity for that program and quite honestly they they, they kind of hit the jackpot when he was available when he was Unbelievable, right? And so Xavier's in the polls now, as they should be. They're 3-0 in Big East play, 11-3. and And, of course, your UConn Huskies, number two in the country. They're 14-0, 3-0 in Big East play. So that's about a nine, a nine and a half, you know, maybe a full-blown 10 because <laughs> we know what the market is like for their program. 
their fans do not leave many seats empty ever for any kind of game. And you can get, there's a get in price of 51 bucks at this point in time. And this is pretty good. This is going to be one of the best games of the month. I mean, we might even throw a net over a three or four week chunk of the season. And this might be one of the 10 best games there. It's 12 o'clock coming up here today. And that one's going to be on Fox. If you guys want to watch that on national TV, you got Kansas taking on Oklahoma state uh, Saturday here, New Year's Eve at two o'clock. And of course the Jayhawks, as we close the year, they are the reigning national champs. Could they do it again? They have the talent. I mean, if Jalen Wilson keeps on playing at an all American level, they always have a chance. Um, but, but in terms of games I'm looking at, it's not going to be quality basketball, but the rivalry is always there. It's a noon game on Saturday or yeah, on Saturday. So after you listen to this game, just bust your way on down to Lexington, check out Kentucky and Louisville. Uh, it's still pretty affordable to get in there about 76 bucks. You can get a ticket. And then, uh, I know you don't like going to this school and watching a game, but Michigan hosting Maryland, that's a pretty good Big Ten game. Uh, you could do that. And, of course, the, before you go and watch the football game on Saturday, go in the afternoon to the Cavelli Center to watch the women's team host Michigan. That's going to be a huge game on that side of things. Yeah, no, thank you so much for mentioning that. This is – that's ridiculous. And what a cool, cool treat, right, to pack it in – the more intimate environment where it's going to be a, a good crowd, a loud crowd cheering on this women's basketball team. They're a national title contender and Kevin McGuff and company. They deserve that attention over there. I also will say real quick before we wrap it up, I got to check out the globe trotters on campus this oh, that's week. Fun. Yeah, it was a good time. We actually gave away a pair of tickets. We had some uh, on our Twitter account. So make sure you're always following at mad about hoops on Twitter and I know my guy there had a good time. I went with the family. I saw T-Bone was there as well. I got to tell you, I was surprised at how fun that was. Obviously, it's a show mixed in with a basketball game. Yeah, man, those, those Washington generals, they, they got to work on their ball screen defense, Evil. Maybe you could you can get Sam Worthen <laughs> and the guys to work on that because they do too much chasing, man. They got to they try to switch a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, man, at least make the script fun. If they're just going to not know how to get over a screen, I know you're faking <laughs> it pretty hard. It was a good time, man. I would recommend that to anyone. They had the upper bowl closed off, so everybody was down low, and that was fun. Well, Evil, we will see you in the new year when it's going to be full throttle conference play. Sound good? Yeah, next time you hear us, we'll have both the uh, Northwestern game and Purdue game all in the books, so there's going to be a lot to react to. Yeah, everybody listening on the pod, we certainly appreciate you guys. And uh, there's always going to be some extra stuff here that's only exclusive to the podcast. And the full-length pod is only going to be found wherever you get your audio. So please do give us a five-star review if you love what you're hearing. And leave a little comment and tell us more on what you'd like to see. And as we're being doubled up here on the fan on a Saturday morning, a big, big day of college football action with the Buckeyes in Georgia. That is an understatement. College football playoff. Oh, my God. Evil, good stuff, my man. We'll talk next week. Yes, Tim, we'll talk next week. Can't wait. And everybody else, thanks for listening to episode 76 of Mad About Hoops.